I'm recording. Shall we give it a clap on uh, on one? So, three, two, one. Clap. Yeah, I went early. Do it again. No, I said on one and then said clap. I said, right. what a wank- runs a production company. What a fucking wanker. We'll probably leave this in. We will probably leave this in and blow. <laughs> right, on one. Hello and welcome back to Ventin Quarantinos, a pun name which will probably stick and haunt us forever, but people seem to like it. This is the new version of the uh, Jim Burns Day podcast, which is a bit about lockdown, but mainly about normalcy and uh, trying to make the best of it. We'd just like to say thank you to everyone for the kind words about last week's episode. And as ever... You can email us at jimburnsdave at gmail.com if you just want to rant, tell us something funny, write to write, or do anything to take your mind off of uh, the shenanigans, shall we say. Uh, speaking of shenanigans, this week, uh, as you've known, well, last week now as we're recording, WrestleMania was on, which uh, for most of it seemed to take place in uh, a teacup. I'm very happy to announce and thankful that we've got the man who knows to talk about WrestleMania and life in general. And we'll have to see whether this is uh, NWO at the start or NWO Wolfpack. But it's the return of Simon Bloody Miller. How's it going? I'm all right, dude. I'm good. I'm exhausted because I'm a man child that stays up to watch men fighting in their pants. (laughs) Otherwise, I'm good. Miller, you are obviously known for many things, but one of them is being absolutely fucking stacked. (laughs) Not anymore. Ruined. How have you been finding the whole thing in that regard? The workouts what to eat etc yeah like i love working out like going to the gym is probably my actual my favorite thing to do especially from a mental health perspective and even though i am working at home it's just not the same so i think that's going to be the same for everyone and i'm sure a lot of people are struggling with it unless you're loaded and got a gym everyone's just going to come out either you know (laughs) with less muscle mass or really fat (laughs) one of the two (laughs) but you know it's also known as being 70s big well, yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah, it was gonna go, yeah, just like jacked, uh, jacked powerlifters. But I think the best thing to do is just to make sure that you keep it up. That's what I've kind of found from a lot of people I've spoken to. Even if you don't have the motivation, once you get going and you, and you kind of you fall into a routine, you know, your body will thank you. Obviously, you'll get endorphins release and that will make you feel better as yeah. well. So that's the, my key for me is that, again, usually I run to the gym. It's like going to... Like going to a party for me at the moment even i'm a bit like well it's just, it's just so difficult but once you get started and you get into it and as long as you train intensely not that you have to but in terms of you really desperate to try and keep your your gains or your progress whatever as long as you yeah. train intensely at what you're doing like if you're doing if you really want to keep your you know chest gains you're doing a thousand press-ups every couple of days you probably will just because that's a crazy amount of exercise to do but ultimately as well i think this is probably a good time even for someone like me that's obsessed with the gym just to take a step back lighten the load a little bit whatever happens is going to happen when normality does return you'll be able to get it back your brain and your muscles are very clever they kind of remember where they were so yeah that i think everything right now just has to be taken with a pinch of salt including that yeah. but I, at the same time people should be keeping up their routines because it will make you feel better so i always think it's only going to be about a week until miller is outside trying to lift cars up or something <laughs> or like drop drop kicking walls calisthenics is just, <laughs> yeah, exactly, just, just yeah. trying to lift lift the roof off of the building well luckily i do have some weights if not i would have absolutely have held my car across the parking lot so i'm lucky <laughs> at that point <laughs> <laughs> but yeah i know a lot of people who obviously follow you and a lot of people in general who like to train who are probably worried 
because it, it, it provides the, a bit of a social basis and also a framework for normalcy. So yeah, exactly. Yeah, have you been uh, have you been hitting the press ups? What would the recommendation be? Yeah, if people don't, if people weren't lucky enough to sort of get weights before they were all sold off to the world. Imagine that. I'm lucky enough to not get bits of metal delivered. <laughs> like, I know, right? Where are we? Right. What's happened? But yeah, I mean, there's always something around your house that you can do a pull up on. You know, just do crazy amount of pull ups, do a crazy amount of press ups, do dips using a couple of chairs, and do those ones where you put your hands on, on a on a table and things like that. And don't forget, hand positioning is really important. So you know, you can do wide press ups, close press ups. You can kind of bend them in a little bit. You can do clap press ups. Same with same with pull ups. And you you have so many body exercises you can do like squats and obviously core work. So you know, my what I tell everyone when they say Miller, you know, what should I do? I've got no weights. I would just train your whole body every other day and either give yourself like i say a little bit of a, a push just so you feel like you have and if you're desperate like to keep up your everything that you've done just keep going until you know that you broke the muscle down i think most experienced lifters get a good idea but yeah that's what i would do you know don't just do you know if in the gym you may do uh you know three sets of 10 or something yeah but if you're just doing bodyweight exercises now nah, just do as many presses as you can for like 10 sets and you'll get a decent chest workout like you just will because you're using your own, most people say, you know, a decent lift is double your body weight. Therefore, if you're doing loads of reps using your body weight, which you 100% know you're doing, you're heading in the <laughs> right direction. So there are, it's not as fun as going to the gym, but in this scenario, there's certainly ways and means. It sounds so stupid. It sounds so dumb the comfort of knowing WrestleMania will be still on. It's normality. Yes. It's a little bit of normality. Early April, what would you usually do while I'd sit down and I'd watch WrestleMania? You know what Mania was? It was just what I needed. And I think a lot of people needed, especially the Boneyard match, which we talked about <laughs> it before they kicked off. And uh, I think we said it's either going to be the worst mania ever or the best. And uh, they did both somehow. <laughs> I, I, as I was about to say, and somehow they ended right up in the middle, which I don't, only WWE could achieve that. It's kind of a hard situation because I'm like you. I massively appreciated the fact I had a distraction for a couple of days, yeah. especially with the wrestling fan base who are loud and passionate and, you know, they'll talk about it for, for as long as you want. But then you do have this kind of niggling thing in your gut, like, is this at the best in terms of health and safety for our performers? But I think you just have to trust that it is. You just have to trust, look, I'm going to, you know, I'm going to focus on the on the good side here, which is you are giving me a distraction. You are giving me entertainment. And yeah, between the Bodeyard match and the Firefly Funhouse match, I actually think, you know, WWE for the first time in 20 years had to think outside the box and do something creative and they smashed it. If anyone ever says, oh, WrestleMania, you know, 37 was so much better than 36. I'm like, no, you don't get to compare 36 to anything. 36 is, exists in a bubble until we can figure out what the hell happened these last few months. Yes, yeah, it's it's weird that people won't look back really at some of the, the lesser matches, which is uh, most of them. You'll just see those great moments really of... Yeah, the Firefly Funhouse match. I just watched it now. And I really enjoyed it. I really enjoyed John Cena sending himself up like that. <laughs> I did just enjoy it for what it is. I thought it was great, but I can't help it. I watch so much wrestling. If you're not into professional wrestling and you just sat down to watch WrestleMania 36, there, there was nothing in that segment for you whatsoever. This was purely, hey, who, who's fans of ours for the last sort of 10 years? This is solely for you and nobody else, which, you know, on my end, I thought was great. 
But it just, it cracked me up because it's classic WWE. They spend all their time in the build up to WrestleMania saying, oh, we're going to, you know, we're doing this for everyone. We want new people to sit down. And you watch it. And it's like, nah, 50 plus. 50 plus is our demographic. Let's go right after them because they watch it all. But I, I just liked how different it was. You know, Raw technically has been the same since, what, 93? Yeah. You know, you could probably argue. So to actually... You know, have this kind of, you know, so many people that have seen clips on like, oh, it's so hokey and B-show. I think that was the point. I don't think anybody thought they were making Oscar-worthy productions here. But it was just nice, like you say, all the matches in front of no fans in an empty arena will forget. But we're not going to forget this. And I well, I preferred the Boneyard match. So we're absolutely not going to forget the Boneyard match. Yeah, I, uh, I, I just marked out when he when he was on the back of the digger. That was it for me. <laughs> it's just It's just so gloriously dumb. And you know what's coming. Uh, and yeah, it made me feel... Uh, also, Undertaker looked in the best shape I've seen for a long time as well. Oh, I tell you, man, it, it rehabilitized his complete career. Like, there's no point pretending otherwise, be it because it, the way it was shot or that you can hide certain weaknesses. Who cares? That doesn't matter. I'm all about what I saw. And yeah, within like a 20-minute skit, or whatever you want to call it, he felt like the guy I watched when I was growing up. And that's an incredible feat to pull off. Yeah, it, it felt like a time machine. Yeah, and uh, someone on uh, Twitter was like, "I thought I was going to cry when he got on that motorbike," (laughs) (laughs) and uh, I didn't know that I needed something like that. As you say, it's not going to win any Oscars, but that doesn't fucking matter at the moment. It wasn't just base nostalgia as well. Okay, yeah, he is in uh, you know American Badass or whatever garb, but he looked a lot younger because he's not on the road getting smashed up. 300 days a year or whatever and <laughs> he true, looked yeah. like he was enjoying it as well and that is the real difference i think and when he pulls the uh, uh the moss or whatever off of the headstone it says ag's aj styles just went to pieces like the weird thing about that was they did a little skit on raw the week before and he revealed a tombstone and it said alan jones which is aj Styles' real name brilliant so i was like which one which one are you trying to bury also that's what i want to know as well aj styles died the character of aj styles died during that you know, I know WWE's done this before, but I'm desperate to find out how he comes back. Like, what kind of justification do you have? I saw his dead hand sticking out of some mud. Honestly, it's the greatest thing I've ever seen in my life. If we're looking for silver linings about the current situation is, is that companies like that do have a free pass right now. They just do. Like, I'm happy to take whatever you can give me. And if you kind of want to brush it under the carpet in two, three, four, five months, however long it's going to be. I'll just accept it. Because again, you know, we were chatting about it all weekend. I'm lucky enough to do what I do to, you know, chat to a bunch of people. It's just for a good 12 to sort of, you know, maybe even 24 hour period. I had no thoughts other than, man, wrestling is both the best and the worst thing in the entire world. But that's it. It's really important not to to minimise what's going on. You can't just watch rolling news all day. No, you can't, you can't just be on Twitter. You can't be on Facebook. And you you can try and make the best of it that you can do. Yep. And Mania, in a weird way, what seemed to be coming at the worst time, uh, is now going to probably go down, mainly for those two vignettes, as the best. Yep. Because what will happen is, you know what Vince will do? He'll spin it. He'll package this. <laughs> oh, Vince is going to live to he's 150 years old. And he'll have spun this. He's already got that coming down the pike. You know, well, uh, we thought about what we'll have to do. Um, and uh, yeah, we had this planned already because... Uh, uh, and like, Vince, we know you're lying. We know you're lying. But it doesn't matter because it was pure... It was pure wrestling. I, I did think, I wonder what Vince's dad would have thought about the Firefly one 
where uh, like Devil Vince is in his old uh, announcer's jacket from what nineteen eighty three four with you, horns. I mean, imagine he came. Imagine his dad just got to glimpse that and be like, <laughs> "What the fuck?" <laughs> For anything you can throw at Vince McMahon, his edict of if you you know if I'll never get you to do something I wouldn't do is so true. Like the fact you have an evil puppet version of Vince McMahon that has been signed off by Vince McMahon and has now been used by Bray Wyatt on multiple occasions. Yeah. Like I, I know that we had this conversation the other day. I know that Vince McMahon is not a, <laughs> a, a pure person. That's the word I'll use. Yeah. He's not a pure person, <laughs> but he has certain, I guess, integral features to his personality that I do massively respect. And that's one of them. It's like, if you want to send me up, go ahead. You know, just make sure that it works. That's all I care about. Make sure that you entertain. And yeah, that Firefly Funhouse thing kind of took shots. Not only did it take shots, you know, at Vince McMahon directly, but it took shots at him indirectly as well with how he's booked John Cena over the last, you know, 12 years and how he booked Bray Wyatt. And it was an incredible case study into what WWE has been over the last, yeah, however long. But I just, I I really want to talk to someone that has no bearing or has only been watching wrestling sort of since the start of the year. It must have been so confused. Not that it's a bad thing. I'm just, like I say, massively intrigued what you would take away from that otherwise. Yeah, if that was your first mania, you'd be like, sorry, what? Because the Boneyard match at least has a, it's got a narrative thread running through it. It's like you're watching some crap on the sci-fi channel or something. I say crap, I loved it, but you know what I mean? Yeah. But this was, and I understand why, because I think it was meant to be taking place in John Cena's head or something. The more you watch it back, it's very layered. Like, it really, really is. There's a lot to dive into, but you have to have the context first. And it, I guess it's difficult when you are a hardcore wrestling fan to ignore that like it would be with anything. But again, it, it was creative. It was different. And this conversation will go on for at least a week. And and that's all I need. No one's going to be talking about... Well, look, nobody is talking about Braun Strowman and Goldberg anymore because there's nothing to say. It was a, it was a finisher match on WWE 2K. So at least with these two cinema, <laughs> cinematic things... <laughs> You know, there's, there's actually stuff we can discuss. And also, I think what will carry it is that it is such a product of the environment it was made in. There will be a documentary about it. Oh, God. About be. the moves that were made. And, and of course, that will be filled with a bunch of bullshit as usual. But the Saturday night main event stuff. Oh, so good. They know what they were doing. And I li- I also like they had loads of shots at Hogan in there. But it's disguised <laughs> as shots at Cena. That's like, so true. Yeah. It's like, that man saved your company. <laughs> Doesn't matter. And now you're out burying him on fucking WrestleMania <laughs> He's not important now, Burns. That's all that he's matters. Not, he's, he's not even not... getting paid for the residuals. Yeah. <laughs> so they found a not... way to get Hogan, who's obviously a fucking baddie. Well, allegedly. Allegedly. In there. But yeah, I, I really liked what they did. So all in all, it'll be interesting to look back on, yeah. but actually worthwhile rather than interesting as in WrestleMania 9. Yeah, and every time I tweet about WrestleMania night being really good, people get really upset. Oh, they will. People take this stuff. That's what I mean. They take this stuff really seriously, which is why how they managed to get away with putting it on, I don't know. But it's almost, you know, it's so divisive and the, the fan base is so passionate. It will, you know, for a good few million people just serve as this great way to just ignore what's going on in a positive sense. Yeah. And that's why that's why it's almost it's not better than football being on, but I find football comes and goes, whereas wrestling fans will sit on this stuff for for ages. And if you just want to go on Reddit or you want to, you know, just lose yourself in the many articles and videos that will be all over over the internet, you can now do that. And that's why I think it's important. I don't understand how now apparently they're still going to be filming, even though the state of uh, Florida is locked down. But that's the power of Vince McMahon. Yeah, essential workers. He's probably. 
probably argued it. We're essential. It was essential for entertainment. He almost definitely has made some sort of argument on that regard. But yeah, I, like you say, the the industry that comes out around these matches was always going to be something to read. There'll be some incredibly wanky frame by frame breakdowns, <laughs> as you can see in the, the first WrestleMania footage here. Vince McMahon's hair is parted this way. However. Uh, years to come, it would be part of the other way. What does this mean? But that's good. You need that bollocks in your life. You need you need to be able to argue about stuff that ultimately does not matter. That and that's it, right? That's it. Like who who even cares? Because the other big debate, I don't know whether you've seen it, yet, is the Ed Randy Orton match, which I think may still be going on. I don't, I don't think yeah, it's finished yet. I watched it. The Mania Knights followed the same pattern, and again, Vince knew what he was doing, basically. You have to get the non-crowd stuff out of the way, get that done, and then just throw something so ridiculous in at the end, everyone just forgets about it, which is every pay-per-view card ever, really. But, <laughs> well, firstly, you know, they have really fucked up with some of the uh, uh, the blocking, shall we say. Oh, yeah. Like, in the gym, the workout equipment, you know what I'm saying here? I can't believe that they let that through the edit. It's funny you say that, too, because... Of all the people, not saying I'm super mega fan, but I watch so much wrestling. It went over my head at first. It went over my head. And it wasn't until sort of a good few hours later. And I went, wait a minute. <laughs> I think with a company that big, you need to have, well, you know, like, you know, obviously we used to work at a, a startup company, but even then somebody would catch things when you go like, you know, wait, well, well, well that could be misconstrued. So for that to get, I mean, I, I imagine it must have been seen by at least five people. You'd have to, even with this, you know, um, lockdown state that we're in, five people must have seen that. And not one person thought to themselves, that may, it's difficult. I, I don't want to, maybe it did. Because again, I did not catch up on it at first, but it wasn't my job to catch it either. That's the main thing. I mean, if, if it had gone, happened live, as it were, then you, you know, you've got, not an excuse, but you can say, hey, but yeah, I I would not be surprised that if in future iterations of that, that bit just disappears. I think it probably should. I think because the, uh, again, rumors, speculation, murmurs, who the hell knows? You know, apparently there were, you know, even wrestlers who saw it that were like, no, <laughs> you can't, you know, you can't do that. I always think with stuff like that, it, it really is cock up before conspiracy. Oh, yeah, I agree. Not great. Not great optics. And it will probably go and it, it, it probably should. And especially with stuff that's, you know, the dark side of the ring i know being out and benoit being back in it, i know not in the headlines but it wasn't planned per se i would imagine so because i don't think the boys would uh, necessarily be up for that or any right thinking person really no. considering the context of it but in general i thought the match just went on way too long but like you say on the easier side of the of the tracks is we won't be talking about that in a week's time. Nobody would care about Edge versus Randy Orton, which we should because obviously Edge comes back, Mac, but that's the truth of it. But we will be talking about the other stuff. And that's why really this WrestleMania is perfect for its time because 90% of it is just going to be forgotten about. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. There was, uh, I tweeted about it, the ladder match on the first day. It just didn't cut. It was like a kung fu movie from the set. You know, oh. they, they just don't didn't cut at all. Like the guy looks back <laughs> and then the angle is too far over the other side. And the guy just leaps in, and I was thinking it just needs a crash zoom to be a spoof of you know kind of seventies filmmaking in that regard. It's the best and worst that I've seen for a long, long time. <laughs> uh, yeah, I think that's fair. The cool thing with it, the cool, the cool thing is the right word. You know, the best excuse they have is that you can say, "Well, look what look what we had to work with here," and that's why I'm glad they did. They did try some new stuff. Like I didn't notice the cuts in that ladder match. Mm. I could feel that something was 
awry. And then when you messaged me with that and I started watching, I was like, oh my gosh, this has been done by me in my pants at eight <laughs> o'clock in the morning. It's like, how is it, again, how has this got through the filter so easily? It's nuts. Well, I mean, in, in fairness to WWE staff, must be run fucking ragged. The thing that I actually think is funnier still, um, even though the situation isn't funny, and this will be dissected forever now, is that they kept the uh, the Florida theme, the pirate theme. I know, yeah. <laughs> and uh, it's just so weird. Of all the WrestleManias to have a, a theme and not be in a stadium like that, I, it, it, the only one I can really think of that would match it would be nine. Yeah. Imagine they came out on camels or whatever. I'm like, what's <laughs> what's happening? What's happening? And it, it, it will be one of the most rewatched and discussed WrestleManias of all time. For the historical context... I'm sure that the AEW guys are having a very good look at it. I think so too. I mean, I think a lot of it may have come from AEW's vignettes are very heavy on production. So I wouldn't be surprised if somebody mentioned it. But of course, uh, particularly with the the Boneyard match, I mean, that had Matt Hardy's fingerprints written all over it. Yeah. You know, with the the final deletion. Everyone goes, oh, you know, it's not the first like pre-production. I know, but Matt Hardy is the guy who, you know, I wouldn't say he brought it back, but he just doubled down on it. He completely believed that there'd be something... Uh, there'd be something in that. And I do think, after watching it, and after, like I say, sometimes it's, it can be difficult to get through Raw and SmackDown, I think this is an area they, they have to just jump on. I mean, don't overdo it. Don't run it into the ground, which is something they also like to do. Yeah. But that's a cool silver lining to come out of this. They ne- Like you said, they were never planning to do this in a million years. But now that they have done it, let's embrace it and let's just run with it until you can't figure out anything else and let it rest and do it again. I mean, to me... If you want to do a Bray Wyatt versus Undertaker match at WrestleMania 37, so you push those two worlds together in that style and you get the right people involved, that's gold. Get Christopher Nolan to shoot it. There you go. <laughs> the thing is, they've got the cash. They could actually afford it, but they never would. They'd never do it. Vince knows best. Yeah. You know what? The, uh, the Funhouse match. Uh, have you ever seen a TV show called Channel Zero? I've heard of it, but I've never seen it. As I heard it, I mean, I've, men- I've seen people mention it on Twitter and whatnot. If you watch the first season, there's a fake TV, well, a TV show, shall we say, called Candle Cove. I'll tell you what, when you get off this, just put Candle Cove into YouTube and then you'll know exactly where that came from. <laughs> <laughs> Vince, Vince is home one night, just <laughs> flickering through going, that's, that's a great idea. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, I, I really like the first season of it and they they've really lent into it because I've not really watched any wrestling for quite a long time now. Sometimes I'll catch uh, Saturday or Sunday uh, and also get really freaked out when I hear your fucking voice in the, like, hold on, what? Like in in the interval, what's happening here? What is happening? World's falling Um, apart. Yeah. But, but yeah, I think there's a lot of faith restored, maybe the wrong word, but yeah, they could have gone the other way and they was forced upon them. But like anything in wrestling, it's the force upon you, which really creates that level of invention because, you know, if, if Vince, oh, it, well, well-trodden path, obviously, but if, if Hall and Nash don't fuck off, then where are we, you know? So it's, uh, <laughs> and I, I did like, I did like the NWO stuff. I liked uh, Bischoff as well, where obviously like that shot of Bischoff in, um, legacy footage or archive footage pointing at his own grin and like, i want to kill you no, he's good wasn't he he knew what he was yeah. doing that, yeah. when i think about that now how you know there were vince mcmahon and eric bischoff had no right to be the performers that they were it was it was i'm not saying it was as important but it was like you when you had stone cold steve austin and the rock and you're like how have these two just come along at the same time to have corporate owners that both knew how to be absolute assholes 
is a pot of gold for professional wrestling. And it's another reason that people forget about now. It's just everything ticked. And hence why you can do a, a skit in uh, 2020. And we're talking about it right now. That <laughs> must have been like, it must have been 22 years ago, that, which is bonkers. Yeah, the the level of animosity, some of it would be dialed up a little bit, but it just can't be faked. <laughs> Basically, when Bischoff giving away the results. I like in the Monday Night Wars documentary, Vince is very magnanimous about it because he won. But I can imagine at the time when he first heard the, uh, was it Shawn Michaels beats the big guy with a super kick, which wouldn't get you a green belt at the local YMCA. He must have thrown <laughs> something through a window. He must have, someone, anything next to him was going out of Titan Tower. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Doesn't matter. Straight away, yeah. His wife, his kids. <laughs> I wouldn't care. Whatever, whatever's there. He wouldn't care at all. Was it you that told me about Vince having uh, two doors in his office? Apparently so, yeah. One where you come in and then if you get fired, the one where you leave straight away. No one knows if it's true, but a lot of people have said it. So It doesn't matter if, it, if it's not true because it's just like, was it Poe's Law? Just perfectly in tune with the man. <laughs> yeah, the fact we believe it yeah. is, is enough to kind of sum it up. But yeah, I wouldn't put it past him at all. But look, in, in this instant, fair play to him. That's what I'll say. Fair play. He's I mean, done really well. I still, I, I still think it's nuts that a 73-year-old man is, is out working when everybody else in that position is told to stay at home. But as we talked the other day over text message, his mum is 97 and still plays tennis every day. So there's a yeah. good chance Vince McMahon is not going anywhere for at least 30 years. Well, yeah, as we said, Vince McMahon believes he can't die. I absolutely <laughs> believe that. He, he, on that 60 Minutes uh, interview, where he says, I'm going to live forever. And the way he says it, it's like, this isn't the, the fucking lyrics to fame here. I am going to live forever. Yeah. And that's that. And you're like, I'm not going to bet again. You know what? Fair enough. He hasn't died yet. <laughs> he hasn't died yet. That's all I'm saying. We'll see. Well, we were chatting about Sumner Redstone, weren't we? The chairman of uh, Viacom and CBS who gave an interview saying, I will never die. He's like nearly 100 years old. Can't He can't do anything anymore. It's quite tragic, but he's not dead. Like but You've got to be... I can't even think of the right word. You have quite something about you to, to come out in a pub. Even if I said it now, I'd expect somebody to message me going, Millie, you're an idiot. But to do it on such a public forum, I kind of admire the, the, the moxie and also think you've lost it. You know, you're so far removed from normality, you now actually think you're going to live forever. The only reason I believe that uh, the President of the United States is still alive is because he just doesn't believe in being dead. <laughs> like, he's, he's a 73-year-old man who's eating loads of hamburgers, shall we say, during a pandemic. He doesn't look great, but if he doesn't believe it's real, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> There's an argument in there, isn't it? Yeah, if someone tells you something, but you just choose to absolutely ignore it, is it real? Yeah. That's an amazing thing to think about. It's almost like the retirement stuff, isn't it? Where when people retire, you know, it's a bit of an urban myth, but you see it and people retire and they kind of lose their drive and then things, you know, they, they stop taking care of themselves. Yeah. It's probably more accurate. But yeah, Vince is probably still up at five in the morning screaming at people. <laughs> Over his entire career, Vince has probably slept for about 25 minutes. I think you'd probably be correct. There's there's this, um, <laughs> this rumours going around that sort of writing meetings are still going on until like four o'clock in the morning. And that, you know, fit, healthy, well, mid-30-year-olds will tap out before Vince McMahon does, which is kind of incredible. It, it's weird. It, it's kind of a weird combination of drive, work ethic, growing up poor, toxic masculinity, power, it all coming together. Vince has always been the character. And obviously that's why he transitioned so well into it. Yeah. That was actually part of his genius where he just pretended to be an announcer. <laughs> I know, I know, it's, it's nuts. Well, the business was different then, obviously, in the early 80s. 
and Vince was kind of forced into it. But at the same time, what other promoter would be like, oh, no, I'm, I'm just essentially schlepping it. And of course, he's controlling it by calling the matches and everything. But at the same time, I don't know. You know, don't think I'm a, I'm venerating him. But yeah, generally, WrestleMania is good. But he's fascinating, isn't he? And when somebody is fascinating, you do almost get whimsical about them because you just again, you're just fascinated by the way they live your life. It's like I'm not comparing him to this. Well, I am actually, but I don't mean directly. It's like why people get obsessed with um, crime stories or serial killers because you can't work out why they're living this life the, the, the way they are because you would never live your life that way. And yet here's a human being who came into this world the same as you do did. And yet look how they've decided to get through a day to day. And obviously Vince McMahon has never taken it to that extreme. But I bet you if you sat down with a psychologist, they'd tell you there's similar traits here. You know, be that narcissism or arrogance or whatever. Yeah. It, it has to be. There is a really good line in Silence. Of, I mean, this has gone places, this one, but <laughs> a good line in Silence of the Lambs where I think Lecter says something while well, he's profiling, says something like a killer looking for transformation. And that's why I think the appeal of serial killers certainly is they had the transformation. They went over the line. They crossed yeah. here, there, and yeah. everywhere. The Positivity Podcast is going well. and um, <laughs> But in a way, you're right, because business people operate in weird echelons and weird decision-making uh, with a lot on the line. And I'm not saying that they make the right choices, but yeah, I think people are fascinated because you would never be asked to make the choices that certain people are made, military leaders or whatever. And it sounds weird to put Vince in that bracket, but at the same time, Vince has created his own tiny little universe right now. You know, if you want to get back to sort of the WrestleMania stuff, that's why he was so adamant that he wouldn't stop. Yeah. Because he was like, I don't want the real world interfering with my fake world. Absolutely, I've, yeah. And I've created this and I won't let anybody, you know, I won't let anybody into it. And that's why he's so stubborn. If he has to close it down, fine, but nobody else. Again, the show must go on. The best argument I saw for this was just a random tweet. I won't use some of the words because they're inappropriate for me to say, <laughs> but it was basically, you know, that guy didn't stop his show when a man fell from the ceiling and died. He's not stopping it for a virus. It's like, he's not wrong. This person is not wrong. It's fascinating that people can live like that. And as we said before, I don't think there's going to be many more Vince McMahons. Because you imagine any other CEO no of, a ma- of a major publicly traded corporation <laughs> with about 15 TV deals just being like him. No. <laughs> I don't know how he gets away with it. I really, really, really don't. Yes, absolutely. It's, uh, yeah, a weird and stupid and brilliant WrestleMania, uh, which is really what you want from WrestleMania. Yeah. And so, uh, and yeah, again, the normalcy of... Right, let's see what Vince has cooked up this fucking year. Oh, all right. All right, I actually quite like that. So, yeah. Yeah, I think overall, decent show, I tell you. Like you said, the empty arena matches will be forgotten about quickly. But in terms of effort and the uh, sort of the notes that hit hard, yeah, I'm, I'm a fan of it. Fair play all round. Anyway, off of uh, Vince, how's it going with you? Just took half an hour for me to ask how you do. Right. <laughs> That's Vince. We, we, I should have just hang, I should have hung up when you called in. <laughs> we, we, we went through the most important stuff first. That's the main thing. No, I'm all good, dude. Much like everybody else. Just taking it day by day, doing what I can. Very lucky that I am able to do, you know, majority of my work from home. Um, you know, this weekend kind of sucked. Obviously, I was meant to be going to WrestleMania and stuff. But look, there's far worse things going on in the world. And as I keep saying to everybody... There is something, while it is not good, there is something to take from the fact that we're all in this together. Yes, it's like when you yeah. get a little bit upset, like, oh, I lost this or this didn't happen. You think, yeah, but there's, I mean, potentially millions of other people in the same boat. And of course, you don't want that to happen to anyone. But yeah, you know, there's safety in numbers. You know, that they've always said that. And it's the same with this. It does, it just props your mood up a little bit. I think for me, especially, 
You can't even worry about the world passing you by because the world has stopped. And there is something relaxing and peaceful about that. Obviously, it'd be much nicer if it was under kinder circumstances, but you know, you have to take you have to take it as it comes. Obviously, it's not great, but there is a uh, almost well, this is just my own opinion, uh, a kind of clarifying moment where you realize that a lot of the shit that was in the world or in your own personal world, you're like, okay, well, we can strip that out. You know, it doesn't matter now. And uh, it's it's small mercies, but there there is something there. And the also knowing that you are all in it together does now mean that your mindset might change a little bit. Yeah. Well, on that note, I better run because I've actually not seen the uh, Brock uh, Lesnar. That's right, dude. You got uh, four minutes, bit. right? <laughs> <laughs> it would. Uh, I assume it would take me longer to make squash than to watch this squash match. But uh, we. Um, but yeah, this has been fantastic. Uh, lovely to chat to you and, and you do uh, yeah good to catch up probably yeah and uh, you know when we get out the other side of this and we will let's uh, let's see what can be done on the old wrestling front agree big wink agree <laughs> 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 so yeah take it easy and also to anyone listening thank you so much again uh, for listening and again you can email us at jimbonesdave at gmail.com for any reason apart from to talk about Manchester City or tell us we're wrong about our Wrestlemania power rankings because we'll just delete those okay you know that's fine anyway big love we'll speak to you in a bit Mm -hmm.